Hey, City Light, and happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Wow, I wish we were face-to-face -face right now. I wish we were in person, but y'all gotta know I love you. I am praying for you, and I am grateful for technology that we can still celebrate together as a church family uh, through technology. And I'm praying today is just a day of encouragement and a day of hope, a day where we are reminded all over again of the amazing love of Jesus Christ for all of us. Uh, I recognize that there might be some people today, maybe you were invited to church by a friend or family member and they are uh, they told you to come to church today or you know to check out uh, our services. I wanna tell you, I'm so grateful that you have decided to give us a few minutes of your life as well and engage with us in this way. And I'm praying for you that God would really speak to you. I believe no one is watching uh, today's message by accident. And I really do believe that God has something special for you, for your family and for your children. And uh, just really excited about it. Well, I'm gonna show you a scripture. This is Luke chapter 24. And I'm gonna read about 11 verses, but it's just such a powerful moment in scripture. And I believe it's gonna, we're gonna find a lot of truth in it. And it says this, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now they were there to anoint Jesus's body with uh, perfume. This was something that they did in ancient culture. It was a way to honor the body and honor that person um, on those first few days of their death before the decay really kicked in. And they went in and they didn't find the body of Jesus. No, duh. Okay, he had been saying he was gonna die and rise from the dead. He had been saying it his whole ministry, but it was still challenging for them to, to really believe that. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. And the women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember, he told you back in Galilee that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said these things. So they rushed back from the tomb to the 11 disciples and everyone else who, uh, uh, and told them what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. The story sounded like nonsense to the men, but they didn't believe it. One more time, verse five and six says, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. And I wanna talk just for a few moments from this subject, Easter is for everyone. Easter is for everyone. I wanna pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, as we go to your word, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us 
And I pray, Lord, that we would just open our hearts right now to the truth of your word, that every person watching this, no matter where they are on their faith journey, no matter what they believe, no matter what they've experienced before this moment, that all of us would hear from heaven today and all of us would have a clear picture of the amazing love of Jesus for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna just give you three things I see from the text that are so powerful and uh, are really relevant to your life and I believe are gonna encourage you. And the first one is this, we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And I, I would even submit, we're all looking for Jesus. Maybe we don't know that. Maybe we didn't know that before this moment. But I believe we are all looking for the living. See, the Bible said, why are you looking amongst dead things for something that is alive? The old King James says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And so I think we're all searching for the living. I think that we're all searching for something greater. I think we're all searching for something that is supernatural and that is real. And we're searching for the contentment of our soul, the forgiveness of our sin. We're, we're searching for it. And, and I believe we're all looking for something living, but most of the time we're looking for it in all of the wrong places. The book of Ecclesiastes in scripture says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. The great Dr. Billy Graham, the amazing preacher, uh, said that there is this God-shaped hole in our hearts and only God can fill it. We could try to fill it with all kinds of other things, but in reality, what we're really looking for, what we really need, maybe we couldn't put a name to it or a description to it before even this moment, but we're looking for Jesus. We all need Jesus. I would submit we're all looking for Jesus. We're all searching. We've just been looking in the wrong places. We've been looking for the living among the dead. We've been looking for Jesus. We just didn't know it. But I want to tell you that your search ends today. And I believe you're going to find what you've been looking for in the person of Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, I believe this for so many people. I remember a story of, um, that my father told me he uh, was out hunting one night and I grew up in New Mexico. And so we were hunters and just kind of part of what you do. And, uh, he was hunting one night and it got dark and as he was on the, the tr trying to get back to his camp, he realized as the sun set and it got real dark, he realized, man, I'm lost. I am lost. And he began to panic. It was uh, uh, freezing temperatures. It was pitch black. And my father, you know, this is before cell phones. This is, you know, he's literally walking through the pitch black and all he has is the moonlight it's a cold winter in the mountains of New Mexico. And he knows he is, he is so fearful. He is so afraid. He goes, I know I'm lost. And he begins to walk and he's walking hour after hour after hour. And he finally turns this ledge and he sees a campfire and he goes, Oh, thank God. I finally found my camp. He was so relieved. And as he walked up to the camp, he realized that it was not his camp. He had found a, another 
uh, group of hunters. And so the guy said, hey, man, what are you doing? He said, man, I've been lost. And they, they explained to him where he was and where they were, where they were set up. And they said, sir, we just want to ask you, it's freezing. Please stay the night. And in the morning, we'll give you a ride to your camp. Don't, don't go back out there. And he goes, no, now that I know where I am, I, I can find my camp. I can find where I'm supposed to be. And they begged him, please don't go. And he said, no, I can do it. So he, my dad took off again into the night to go to his campground. And he walked for hours and hours. And he finally turns this ledge and he sees a campfire and he goes, I found it. I knew I could do it. I knew I could do this. And he walks up to the camp and he ended back up at the same camp that he was at just hours before. And this time with a lot of humility, he said, hey guys, I'll just go ahead and sleep here tonight and I'll get a ride in the morning. Um, the first journey, my dad was lost and he knew it. And the second go around that mountain, he was lost and he didn't know it. And maybe you're watching this today going, Jabin, I'm lost and I know it. I, I've, I've tried it all. And I have only found dead things. I've been looking for something greater, but I find myself in a place of alcohol couldn't do it. Drugs couldn't do it. Um, multiple sexual partners couldn't do it. Gambling couldn't do it. Money couldn't do it. I, Jabin, I've tried it all and I'm lost and I need God. And so some of you are lost and you know you're lost. Well, it's a good, it's a good thing to be watching right now. But some of you, frankly, you're lost and you don't even know it. You're kind of just going through it, going, no, but I'm good. But I'm a good person. But I do good things for people. But I'm not terrible like those other people. Friend, you're lost. You just don't know it. And I want to tell you, Jesus is for everyone and everyone needs Jesus. Whether you are a, quote, good person or a terrible person, whether you're a person that goes, I'm good, I don't need church, or you're a person who would say, I'm so bad, I couldn't even walk into church, I'd get struck by lightning. No, everyone needs Jesus, you need Jesus. Easter is for everyone because Jesus is for everyone. He loves you today and maybe you're lost and you don't know it, maybe you're lost and you do know it. I have come to tell you, it's for you and you have been on a search for the living, but you've been searching for a good thing in all of the wrong places. Friend, your search is over. Who you need and what you need is the amazing person of Jesus and his sacrifice for you on the cross. Number two, Jesus came for everyone. Jesus came for everyone. Not only do we all need Jesus, but Jesus came for you and he came for me. The Bible says that this whole thing happened to Mary Magdalene, to Joanna, to Mary, the mother of James and to several other women. And maybe you're thinking, well, yeah, this, this whole thing, you know, Jesus is for for, you know, people and, you know, all everything you're talking about, Jabin, you know, we all need Jesus. Yeah, you know, some people need Jesus and and this is for some, some people, but Jabin, it's not for me. 
I've made too many mistakes. I've, I've done too many things. I'm, I, I've disqualified myself. You, you don't know me. You don't know my story. You, you don't know my family. You don't know my history. And the, the reality is I don't. But you don't know my story. And you don't know what I've done. And you don't know where I've been. But God does. And this is for you. This message is for you. This gospel is for you. Romans 5 reminds us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to just think about that. God doesn't save good people. There are no good people. <laughs> he saves sinners just like you, just like me, just like everyone. And he doesn't say, if you'll get good, then you can have God. That is not the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity is not if you'll clean yourself up, then you can come to God. If you do enough good, then you can come to God. No, while we are still sinners right in the middle of our mess, we can come to Christ. And the reason I say that this is for everyone, the reason that this is so powerful, you, in today's 2020 culture, we, we don't really realize it. But the first people to witness the resurrection, the first people to believe in the resurrection, the first people to tell of the resurrection are women. Now that doesn't sound like a big deal today, but it's a huge deal over 2000 years ago when women were considered less than, when the testimony of a woman was considered to be unreliable and you didn't have to believe it. God is making a point here. God did not reveal himself to men, to religious men, to good men, whatever we call that. He reveals himself to women. Women with a past, like Mary Magdalene, who used to be a prostitute. He reveals himself to a group of women to remind men and women and everyone, religious, non-religious, good or bad, no matter where you come from, no matter what your past is, this is for you. And he is revealing himself to women because he's letting everyone know, I love everybody. I love you. I love your enemy. I love people who think like you and I, I love people who don't think like you. I'm, I'm for everyone. I'm, I want to save everyone. I care about everyone. And while uh, there would have been so many people in that culture that would have, it would have made sense for Jesus to reveal himself and for the resurrection to be revealed to other people who were maybe quote better or more religious or whatever. God is making a point. And that point rings true today. No matter who you are, no matter your past, no matter what you've done, no matter what you believed until this point, this is for you. This is for me. This is for us. This is the power of the gospel. Wow. It's for everyone. And all we have to do is believe. God was communicating to us that this is not a boys club. This is not a message only for men or a message for a certain group or a people who maybe we think would deserve it or people who have never made mistakes. No, this is for everyone. Easter is 
for everyone. And so if you're sitting there today watching this, thinking, you know, and, and that's really what the enemy will do, by the way. He'll, he'll tell you, this is for other people. This is for people who deserve it. This is for people who haven't made the mistakes you've made. This is for people who get it. This is for people who are more spiritual, people who pray more, people who uh, whatever. No, this is for you. This is for you. And there's other people watching this going, well, yeah, this is for like those really jacked up people that need religion. This is for those real messed up people that keep screwing up their lives. No, this is for you too. This message is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. Easter is for everyone. This message is for you. Place your faith in Christ. Lastly, this message is not nonsense. It is salvation. This message is not nonsense. It's salvation. The Bible said that when the women came to the men. Now, who are these men? These are the men who have been following Jesus for three and a half years. These are the men that have been told by Jesus for three and a half years, hey guys, I'm going to die. I will be buried. And three days later, I will rise again. For, for three and a half years, Jesus has been teaching his disciples that this is the very thing that was going to happen. And yet when the women declare Jesus has been raised from the dead, he has conquered death. He is no longer dead. He is alive. Here's what it says in verse 11. This story sounded like nonsense to them. And they didn't believe it. After three and a half years of walking with Jesus, they see the fulfillment of the very thing he said was going to happen. They didn't believe it. But I just want to tell you that this message, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus rose again, it is not nonsense. It is salvation. This is not a message that was easy to believe 2,000 years ago, but now that we've gotten a lot smarter, it's archaic. No, it was hard to believe then. This is supernatural, friend. This was hard for a first century Jewish man to believe who had been walking with him for three and a half years, and it's hard for an American to believe in 2020. Oh, but it is true. It is real, and it is supernatural. Don't think that this is some outdated ancient book for a, a, a time long ago, and now we have gone to some new mental ascent where we don't need this anymore. No, friend, this is not nonsense. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When men could not get to God, God came to men and God died for us on the cross, was buried for us in the tomb. And three days later, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Here's what 1 Corinthians says. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then the Apostle Paul goes on to say in verse 22, Jews are demanding signs and wonders. Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. I want to tell you that this is not foolishness. This is salvation. This is not nonsense. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul said there is a group of people going, well, if God is real, let me see a miracle. Let me see signs and wonders. The apostle Paul says there's this other group that says, well, if God is real, it needs to make sense in my head. And the reality is the apostle Paul said, no, this is not about your strength. This is not about your intellect. This is not about the box you've put God in. No, Christ has come to save us. Christ has come to change us. The message of salvation is amazing. It is awesome. Oh, but friend, it is challenging because it does not depend on our intellect, our religious piety, our wisdom, or our strength. It depends on the strength of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus said, it is finished. And then he proved it three days later when he rose from the dead. Today, friend, we are not saved by intellect. We are not saved by miracles. We are not saved by our strength or our religious piety. We are not saved because of good works or bad works. We are saved because of the beautiful work of Jesus Christ. We must all come to the point where we don't put our faith in us. We put our faith in Christ. This is not self-help. This is God help. This is not believing in me. This is believing in Jesus. Today, I want to ask you to place your faith in the resurrected Son of God. God loved us so much that he came down to this earth, took on human flesh, died for us. But he didn't stay dead. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. And every disciple gave his life for that message. Think about it. Some people say, well, Jesus' body disappeared because the disciples hid it. Would the disciples hide it? and then die for it? No. <laughs> Would the Romans hide the body? Of course not. Oh, friend, this is not some conspiracy. God became man for you and for me, paid the ultimate price, and then conquered death so that we might receive immortality, that we might receive abundant life, that we might receive eternal life, that we would not have to die in our sins separated from God, but we could live with God forever. God becomes our father and we join the family of God. And so there's a man in the book of Acts chapter 16 who hears this very message and he goes, guys, what do I have to do to be saved? And I think he's asking because he was probably a little bit religious and he thought, so do I have to do this work or this work or this work? Or do I have to pray this prayer? Do I have to say this thing? Do I have to give this? Do I have to do this, this? And 
the Apostle Paul says, you don't have to do any of that. He said, if you want to be saved, believe. Believe in Jesus. The work that we do is believing in the work that Jesus has already done. We're not saved by works. We're not saved by doing good things. We are saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Do you want to believe right now? Do you want to place your faith in Christ? Why don't you pray with me? Why don't you place your faith in Christ, not in yourself? God will change your life. God will radically transform you. Heaven will be your home. Jesus will be your Lord. I'm not saying you pray this prayer and then everything's perfect. Come on, we're all on quarantine right now. We're all, we're all in a storm right now. We're all in a crisis right now. But I would much rather be in a crisis with God. This is why David would say in Psalm 23, even when I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death like we're in right now, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David said, even when I go through challenging seasons, at least I know that God is with me. I'm not offering you a perfect life. I'm not offering you a life where if you'll give your life to Christ, there will be no more issues. No, but even when you have to walk through the valley, God will be with you. Pray with me. Give your life to Christ. Take your faith off of yourself and place it on Jesus. And watch what he'll do in your life. Pray with me right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray something like this. You can repeat after me, but it's not about getting the words perfect. It's about your heart being surrendered to Christ. Pray with me now and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. So I'm turning from my old life. I'm turning towards you. And I declare Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you'll never be the same. Our uh, MC at the end of this will talk to you and give you some more information about some things that you can do and uh, some courses that we have online for you that are really going to help with your walk with Christ. But City Light Church, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing God with you through this season. And um, we're going to come out of it on the other side. I want to encourage you to continue to pray. Pray for all of our doctors and nurses, all of our first responders. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for our government officials and that God would give wisdom during this time. And that God would, would really do a miracle in our nation, in our world. And that out of this, out of this crazy moment, God would release revival. That we would truly experience an awakening from heaven. And we would see the greatest days of our nation and the greatest days of the church. Please continue to pray. And I'm praying for you. I love you. And uh, make sure you're on social media because I'm always on Facebook and Instagram. I'm praying with you. I'm, I'm jumping on live and I'm agreeing with you and I'm just trying to give you moments of faith. Make sure you're joining a small group. Make sure you go to citylightvegas.com and get connected in community through our Zoom small groups that are happening right now. And uh, I believe that God is going to absolutely sustain us through this moment in history. I love you. I'm praying for you and we'll see you next Sunday.